Good morning, this is Tim Carter, and welcome to Let's Talk on News Talk 1050 KSIS. Let's Talk is a one-hour program devoted to issues and developments that are of importance to Sedalia and the surrounding communities. With each hour dedicated to a subject, many times with expert guests joining the hosts, Let's Talk can probe deeply into the issues of the week. Let's Talk is hosted by Ron Tolner, John Meehan, and Tim Carter. Good morning and welcome to another session of Let's Talk. This is Ron Toller in the studios this morning and uh, with me is uh, production engineer, Mr. Tim Carter. Uh, John Meehan, who you're usually used to hearing at the same time, has uh, got the day off. We're giving him a little bit of R&R. Today in our studios, we have Mary Troyner, who is the executive director of the State Fair Community College uh, Foundation. Uh, and as we will find as we get into this program, uh, that foundation is a very active one. It has accomplished a lot of things, and uh, there are many things that it wants to do in the future. And uh, the individual that's guiding that ship is Miss Mary. So uh, we're going to get into a number of things uh, this morning. Maybe before we start, Mary, first of all, welcome. And uh, just give us a little bit of history about yourself, your work history, Brag on your family a little bit. Just take it away for a bit. Okay. Well, I am um, born and raised in the area. Went to school in Green Ridge. Um, graduated from Green Ridge and went on to go to college. Um, thought I wanted to go to a big town, so I headed off to Springfield. Um, as a freshman coming from a small school, probably didn't have myself as prepared as I wished I'd had and had a little too much fun in that freshman year. So I decided that I needed to come back and um, went back to school and came back to the state fair, graduated from state fair, then um, transferred on into Warrensburg. At that time was Central Missouri State University, but now known as University of Central Missouri. Graduated from there with my bachelor's. And um, at that time, just decided that I was going to go work for my father for some time period. Um, and as a father-daughter relationship that I love my father dearly, realized that I probably just didn't need to work with my dad for a while. <laughs> um, then after that, uh, managed um, Reed and Sons Jewelers here in town um, for the Reed family and um, then became a stay-at-home mom and loved my time being a stay-at-home mom. And then the opportunity came that I actually served on our foundation board for nine years and I adjunct at the state fair um, for public speaking and had the opportunity of this position coming and opening and my family and I discussed it, and I thought I'd just throw my name in the hat and see where it goes. And at that time, Dr. Drennan was retiring in April, um, or actually in July, and I accepted the job and started April 1st, 10 years ago. Actually, 10 years ago. So if I recall right, I'm doing a little bit of looking out on the website in preparation for this. Um, I think the foundation actually started in 1981, I think That is correct. Was. So it's obviously got a, a storied history uh, itself, and it's, and it's been around to see most of the development of the uh, actual State Fair campus. Absolutely. Um, so it's been a big part of it for a lot of years. I don't remember who exactly who were the predecessors as, as Mary McIntosh. Um, oh yeah, would have been yep. um, in Dr. Port's time frame as the college president. Is really Mary um, designed a lot of her her background was a lot in capital campaigns, um, and really started the foundation on a solid ground. Um, after Mary was Jackie Almquist, 
And then Jackie Omquist at that time, um, her husband Greer had accepted a job with U.S. Bank and moved um, to Omaha. Omaha. Yeah. And so that's when I was serving on the board at that time. And um, she approached me and asked me if this would be something of interest. And at the point, I really wasn't sure if it was, but... Born and raised in the area. I knew a lot of connections. Um, I remember in my interview, one of the things I remember saying to this day is that I will still be a faithful, devoted to State Fair Community College, whether I'm the right person in this position or the wrong person in this position that will tell in regards to this interview. But um, it was at that point that when I accepted the position, I thought I kind of knew what the foundation really did as a board member, but the everyday job of it, I had no idea. So, you know, I remember some months back we had Dr. Brent Bates on after he had been selected as, as the next president of the university. And I remember at that point in time, one of the things we happened to talk about was for as many years as the uh, college had been there, there really had not been very many people in the presidential seat. In fact, if I remember right, I think we said that they averaged like 11 years yep. each. Yep. Um, in your all's case, in the case of the foundation, it's even a greater tenure than yep. that. Yeah. Um, they say the same as the college presidents, you know, seven to 11 years is the time frame. Most people stay in college posi presidents positions. That same time frame is the same in development world. So anywhere from seven to 10 years. So I'm guess I'm the I'm out of the ordinary in regards to staying. Um, I, I'll be honest. I I love the community I live in, and I'm doing a job that I see a lot of goals for the college and for our community. I'm sure there will be new blood eventually that'll come in this office and and do great things too. Um, but you know, my work right now is some of seeing what my predecessors have done for the foundation. You know, I may not see what I actually do in today's world. Um, the predecessors that follow me may hopefully see what I I've done. Um, but I think there's, you know, some great things that are about to happen at the college. Um, and like I said, I want to be part of those, um, making those happen when you're in capital campaigns, it's in the development world that you actually see your work. And that's why I probably have taken on some of those challenges because I want to know what I've done. And sometimes when you're working with beneficiaries and estates and stuff, you may never see that. And, and truthfully, there's times that I hope I don't because these people have become my friends, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's the real position of this job is you become friends to a lot of people that are considered donors in some world. But in our community, they are, you know, our true neighbors and friends. Well, you know, you mentioned uh, things coming down the road, and uh, I do want to touch on those as we get um, further into this program, because the college does have a lot going on. It does have a tremendous uh, amount. And it's going to be an exciting time in the coming years. Uh, but before we go there, let's let's go back a little bit and talk about the history of the foundation and uh, uh Frankly, if you remember or if you know how it originated, that would be that would be neat to know. Uh, but going forward from there, how has the foundation evolved over the years and what has it accomplished? So the foundation was created in 1981. And what is a little unique about us is that um, we actually are known as State Fair Community College Foundation, but our legal name is the J. Higdon Potter Educational Foundation, Inc., 
how that came about is that we received a first gift that was essentially a gift to the college that was an unrestricted gift from um, a family, and that's how the name came about. So in regards to how our government has kind of created some processes, foundations were very important to help do financial support at some point. So back in 1981, this was part of that, you know, process. You had to have facilities corps to build um, structures, and now that is not something that has to happen. Um some states may have that, but Missouri has gotten away with that, um, gone away with that process. Um, back to when it was created, it was a, a gift that was essentially an unrestricted gift. Um, and so it came to the foundation to um, do further education processes um, for the college itself. Essentially, that is exactly what we are, is the foundation exists because we're the 501c of the college. So when businesses or individuals are giving gifts, they can give it to the foundation for that tax purposes in regards to receiving that benefit um, for their business or as an individual. In regards to what we've done, um, back, like I said, when it was created, um, the college was opened in 1968, um, and um, we've built many structures, and most of those structures have been through capital campaigns. So the foundation itself is who houses those capital campaign processes. Um, give, give an example of, of uh, some of the bigger projects that you've seen over the years. Well, um, as a foundation board member, um, the process that we were involved in was the multi-purpose center was built on a capital campaign. Um, the Heckert um, Allied Health Science Center was built on a capital campaign. Um, those were what in, in the Stoffiger and the Dom Museum were also built in regards to that process. So in regards to when I served on the foundation board, um, that was things I saw, but as me as my position, um, I have, we haven't built a building since Heckert was built. So, um, the first building that was built was the workforce, um, innovation center, the old workforce innovation center. So, um, the foundation has been very important in regards to building structures. Yeah. No kidding. When I hear those, uh, when I hear those, those names of those buildings, if you had a map of the uh, college in front of you, uh, that's a huge part of the footprint. And a tremendous part of where we are at today because um, state funding doesn't come to build, you know, usually brick and mortar. Um, so in regards to where we're at out of our facilities, that's why capital campaigns and the foundation have been so important to the college in regards to helping the aspect of financial assistance in regards to structures, not only in structures, but also in scholarships and any other financial support that we can possibly give to the college. You know, one thing that has always impressed me over the years with the college and for example, when you mentioned the, some of the structures like the, the most recent, the Olin Howard Innovation Center, uh, the Allied Health uh, Center and, and, and others, um, this university, <clears throat> I'm sorry, this college is, does so well in meeting the needs of the community and of the businesses in the community and the type of people uh, you know, that, that, that they need to join their workforce and allied health and innovative center. Those are probably two very good examples. 
and they're really good examples right now in regards to the workforce, in regards to technical programs. So technical programs in the state of Missouri and across our nation, for that matter, are becoming very important. Um, so we have received a lot of funding from the state that is workforce initiative driven. Um, you know, years ago, we had a shortage of nurses. And so that's why the Heckert facility, you know, got built um, in regards to helping the supply and chain demand to that. And the same is happening today in regards to the workforce initiatives for technical programs. Um, the Olin Howard, we still we had those two programs as part of our college. Um, so precision machining and welding moved over to the new Olin Howard Center. So when we vacated those spots, we are now increasing the demand for industrial um, maintenance program and our robotics. And then we're bringing on a new program of HVAC. And so those are programs that will go in the space of where they were and, and we're renovating that space currently in the fielding um, facility. Well, and as you mentioned, uh, those, those types of uh, uh, positions that you're helping people prepare for. You know, the, it, it's so obvious in today's world, of course, it seems like every business out there is wanting for, for good qualified help. And the trades area, as I call it, is just in staggering need of those types of people. And I'm sure, you know, this community has been so successful in, 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 in drawing in industry and different types of industry and smaller service businesses and so on and so forth. And I would have to think that at this point in time, there is probably an almost unending list of positions to be filled out there. That is correct. Um, we serve, the college serves 14 counties. And so our taxing district is only two of those counties. So for us to be stationed in the mid-Missouri, um, there's much demand in regards to the technical programs right now. Um, some of that is retirement of, of many industries, you know, that have people that have went through that phase already earlier on. And now that that height is coming back up because the demand for those people are retiring. And so the chain of that supply of those students are, are not there. And that's what the efficiency of providing at a community college is, is to understand the needs in your communities. Uh, with us in studio today is uh, Mary Troyner, Executive Director of the State Fair Community College Foundation. Uh, we are at the end of segment one, so we will be right back after a quick break. Good morning again, and welcome back to Let's Talk. This is uh, Ron Toller with uh, Tim Carter over across the table at the board. Uh, we've got a guest uh, in-house today uh, to discuss the State Fair Community College Foundation, and that guest is Mary Troyner, Executive Director of that fine organization. Uh, we're going to jump back into the foundation activities and talk about everything that, uh, that they are doing with the college. Uh, Mary, I think we, you know, I think we always ought to give credit where credit's due. And, and, uh, that includes the, uh, team members that work with us, uh, and the, the volunteer boards that, that, that help run our organizations. And, and of those two groups, uh, you've got two good ones. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your, your, uh, personnel and, uh, and also, uh, your board and their involvement. Okay, so my office itself consists of two other individuals. Uh, Megan Cannon is our accountant for our office, and we've recently hired Irina 
Kavikov in regards to our coordinator position. And my office would not run as efficient if I didn't have those two right hands. And I appreciate all the work that they do on a daily basis. Um, they've been incredible team members. And I look forward to many more aspects in regards to um, how we develop our office. Irene is new to our office, so um, she is in the process of still learning about our database in regards to um, our database is completely different from the college. So there's a whole training process that comes with that. And she's doing a fabulous job. Um, Megan has come on our office. Um, she kind of plays a dual role. She's an accountant for the college side also. She oversees, um, kind of has a little bit of overseeing things that are related to grant monies that are um, funding. So she does a dual role of playing um, part on the college side and part on the foundation. But um, from the foundation, um, there's a lot of daily work that goes involved to running an organization to our level. Um, we are the largest community college um endowment level um, for the state of Missouri. And Dr. Bates will tote about that. I don't talk much about that, but um, we are a little under $30 million. Um, but that really is quite impressive. I mean, the state of Missouri has, you know, there are there are a number of community colleges in this state. And we blew it out of the water, <laughs> just saying. So um, that was very, when I saw the actual report, um, we have, um, it's very impressive, but that all happens because we live in a very community um, oriented, I should say, a very giving oriented community. And it doesn't matter if we're talking about State Fair Community College Foundation, Boys and Girls Club, um, CASA, you name it. Um, our community is one of those that is always reaching above and beyond the benchmarks. And it's very impressive. And foundations like ourselves get to benefit from that. And on that benefit side is that the college and our students get to benefit from that. And I couldn't agree with you more on that. Those sample of organizations you just mentioned, every one of them have been on this program. And uh, frankly, every one of them have blown me away each time we, we have someone in here uh, when we start talking about the interaction of the organizations, the involvement of the community, the support of the community, uh, it really is tremendous. It is tremendous. And I can't say thank you enough. I mean, there's there's individuals in this town that it's not just one industry. It's not just one organization they support. It's multiple. And for a community of this size, it's very impressive to be able to tote our hat on of our foundation at the college being so highly respected in regards to the community college aspect in regards to those levels of how we interact with other schools. Um, I do talk to the other community colleges on a regular basis. So in the COVID world, um, one of the things that we did, we all reached out to each other and um, started kind of a group session. And so they're constantly calling and asking, you know, what's State Fair doing? Because we seem to be um, the high ranking of everybody of looking up to what we're sometimes doing, you know, in respect to what's the investment policy. And, and, you know, we don't need to recreate the wheel. So the more we share, the better we all do as a whole, because our funding from the state comes from a lump sum from the state fair. I mean, in regards to state funding comes from a lump fair to um, 
the community college as a whole. One of the other questions you asked me, Ron, about was our board. Um, I have an incredible board, a very active board, and I appreciate um, the volunteers that um, serve on my board. We serve three-year terms for our board. Uh, by bylaws, I can have up to 30 individuals on our board. I'm currently at 24, I believe is the exact number. We just come to a term. Um, our fiscal year ends on June 30th, so some people's terms end, and I've got a couple that have terms ended and replacements, so that's why I kind of question. I think the number's 24 right now. Um, it's not our goal to have 30. It's just what our bylaws state. Um, that's up to um, voting members. Um, our board members have to be from our taxing district. I mean, from our service region. Sorry, I said that wrong. From our service region um, in regards to um, living um, within that service region. And we are very well represented in the Pettis and Benton County area um, in regards. It's never been a goal that we have to have somebody from every county. Um, would that be beneficial at times? Yes, it would. Um, but it would be another meeting, in all honesty. And um, sometimes those meetings are the challenges. So we meet on a quarterly basis. And um, I guess the best part of that from a volunteer board is I serve them lunch on a quarterly basis. <laughs> um, and we have a great food service on our campus. So um, that, that's a win for them, I guess. <laughs> You know, uh, back in segment one today, uh, we were talking about, uh, you know, one of the big things that uh, your foundation is involved in, of course, are the big capital campaigns. And uh, just a, a moment ago, you were talking about uh, uh, scholarship monies, uh, endowment funds, and so on and so forth. And uh, elaborate on that a little bit. I, I remember when I was looking at your website, uh, there was a there was a number quoted out there uh, that basically greater than seventy five percent, more than seventy five percent of the students of State Fair receive some form of assistance. That is correct, and that is impressive. That is impressive. So when we talk about scholarships, there's two types of scholarships. So what I'm referring to is what I refer to as foundation scholarships. There's also institution scholarships. So the foundation provides over $2 million worth of student opportunities um, and scholarships to our students. So last year, um, as the fiscal year that we just ended, I think our number was $2.3 million that we're able to provide out to students. Anything from um, most of our scholarships, the average scholarship is about 500 plus dollars. We have a few that are just a little under that in regards to um, just kind of grandfathered in in regards. And when I talk about the 2.3 million, that's just endowment money. That's money that's on a constant basis given out to our students in regards to distributions every year. Um, the college also has, when you talked about how 75% of our student body is receiving funding, that can be anything from Pell money to A plus to um, college institution scholarships. And so um, we're not anything unique to other community colleges in regards to how many students are receiving um, financial assistance. But from the foundation point of view, our scholarships range from anything from um, a nursing scholarship to a student that is in the ag program to a history scholarship to open scholarships that students don't have to declare majors. Um, the process for a student to receive a scholarship is very simple in the state fair process. 
in our um, website. We have under our financial aid tab, we have one application and the student fills out that one application to put them in the pool to institution scholarships and foundation scholarships. So the process is pretty, pretty streamlined in regards to what they have to do. Um, if they qualify for, they don't have to go through and check every type of scholarship they're available to receive. It's just what they put in that scholarship provides them in pools of different scholarships. So one student could be possibly in 10 different pools of scholarships. Um, and like I told you, the average scholarship is, you know, 500 plus dollars. So in order to, to assist all of these students, uh, in order to build these buildings, in order to do everything that the foundation does, obviously it takes money. It takes lots of money. So visit with us a bit about the various fundraising alternatives, those that are ongoing, those that are special, whatever the case may be. Well, um, so ongoing um, right now, We've done capital campaigns, um, so those are ongoing in regards to we are kind of what we consider a silent phase into a facility that we're getting ready to build, which is called the Center for Advanced Agriculture, Transportation and Technologies. It will house our automotive department. Um, we will have a new program as diesel mechanics and ag mechanics, and it also house our commercial driving academy. So um kind of during our break and our silent time, we talked about in 2017, the college tried to pass an obligation bond um, that had a facility that housed many different aspects of the college. And most of them were technical um, programs that were not in the allied health and science programs. So we have now accomplished with the Center for Advanced Agriculture and um, Transportation and Technology Center being built. Um, we'll take care of all of those programs that didn't pass in 2017 now are from in the Olin Howard and the new fielding renovation and the new facility will all house what we actually proposed back in 2017. Okay, as you said, it didn't pass in it didn't 17. Pass. So obviously you found alternative funding. Well, one of the things that came back from that when it didn't pass was the community wanted to see us raise funds and which we took on that challenge and said, OK, you want to see us raise funds? We raise funds. Um, we also had some state support in regards to a lot of the state support that we received is very equipment driven. And so that helps in regards to supply some of the equipment that we purchase. A lot of it has to have matching funds. And so that matching funds is part of, you know, the foundation to provide some of the matching funds. Um, so you asked about ongoing. We have an annual um, fundraiser event in March every year. Um, it's our gala. We name it something different every year, take on a different theme, um, take on a different area of the college that we support. Um, this last year in March when we did our gala, we called it the Farm Fest, and we supported the purchase um, of the new farm that we have acquired. We have many... Um, projects with this new farm that we need to do. And one of the funds that we have supported with that is we're purchasing the cattle that will run on that farm this year. Um, so that's that's a purchase that could not have happened in the budget that we had. Um, so they wanted to have um, some extra support and that's what the gala money went to this year. And just for our audience's uh, information, uh, for, for those that do not know, uh, the the acreage that uh, Mary is referring to is uh, uh, is an additional 200 acres of land that 
sits just west of the current campus, uh, which was a tremendous, uh, tremendous acquisition and is providing tremendous opportunities for the college and more importantly, uh, its students. And, and frankly, if, uh, if you hadn't been able to acquire that and say somebody else had, um, you would have been pretty much landlocked. That's correct. So, so it definitely uh, provides a lot of opportunities for these uh, additional services. Uh, and of course, you mentioned that uh, the emphasis on this uh, for the use of this acreage is primarily agriculture uh, and, and, and a number of things re uh, related to that. Um, that is going to obviously be a multi, multi-year endeavor because there is just so much that, that you can do with that. Can you maybe expound a little bit on what you do see happening with that 200? So the 200 acres was purchased for us to be a demonstrative farm. And what that means to our community is that our, our agriculture program is an incredible growing program and has been a very thriving program for many years at State Fair. And so this was an opportunity for us to do some expansion to the agriculture department. So not only will we be a demonstrative farm that will also be able to provide um, row crops for our students to understand um, the learning process in regards to um, from anything from um planting to the end process um, to um, chemicals on it, fertilizer on it, you name it. You know, it's the difference between our farm and maybe a university level farm is that university farms are more on research side where we're going to be more of teaching a process. And, and so this is- Let's call it practical. Right. There you go. The perfect word for it. Um, but- also, we'll row, um, also have cattle that will be on the um, farm itself. So there's just other um, aspects that our students will get to be involved in when they own family farms. This will bring them to the next level of a, of a learning process. And I want to come back to that subject in a second of the, the people that this will benefit. Um, we are at the end of segment two of today's program. We will be right back with our third and final segment. Welcome back to our third and final segment of Let's Talk for this week. In studio today, we have uh, Mary Troiner, Executive Director of the State Fair Foundation. And uh, we've been really having a great conversation about everything that the foundation is involved in and all of the big things that are happening out at uh, SFCC. Um, uh, before our last break, Mary, uh, we were talking about the additional 200 acres that the college has acquired that they have to work with for for future programs. And of course, uh, one of the things that you mentioned um, was uh, an, an active farm operation. Um, and, and, you know, typically when I think of a college or a university, um, I, I think of, uh, you know, students who are going there to obviously get an education, we hope, and, uh, and to learn a trade so that they can go out and get a job and, uh, and provide for themselves and their family and so on and so forth. 
But uh, of course, the thing that's kind of unique with a, a community college, and in particular that I see with the, this farming operation concept, is uh, that's not really the emphasis. I mean, it can be, but uh, really, uh, you know, you can tie this directly to the future of the family farm and uh, and and how things can be ran more efficiently and. Uh, but, but go back and give me your thoughts on that. Um, so one, so Brad Driscoll is um, our new lead instructor. Uh, actually, he's been our lead instructor. He's our farm operations um, and program director for the new farm. So Brad will explain it like this in regards to the typical student years ago would come to state fair because they worked on their family farm and they wanted to. Um, learn to run things a little more efficient, maybe in the family farm opportunities ahead of them. What they found out was when they're attending school, they didn't realize there's a whole career and, and let's just say they found it interesting in, in soil and um, uh, processes that just weren't exposed to them in a family farm operation. So agronomy became something that they were fascinated with. And so then that fascination gave them opportunities to be in careers of, you know, of a seed industry or um, fertilizer industries, you know, so that branched that horizon of not only just being at the family farm, but also a career that could support that family farm even further. So this farm operation is hopefully going to provide that in not only just in the, in the row crops, but also in the cattle operations too. So it's, it's an opportunity for our students to understand the horizon is larger than you see, even, even coming to school, putting that in real perspective of what you do in a daily job um, is is sometimes more than what that family farm is even operating at. So just the opportunities that can be provided to our students um, become a little more endless. And, and that's what education is all about, is to provide those endless opportunities. And and really, um, when, when again, you go back to the concept of, of, of what your students, in the many ways that they can benefit from SFCC, um, I would venture to say that a lot of people that go through these programs um, maybe aren't even looking at it from a standpoint of uh, getting a good job, but I would guess that there are a lot of entrepreneurs that end up coming out of this process. I would agree with you. I, I, I think that, like I said, I think sometimes just in the classroom, um, might be an instructor that comes in and they're an adjunct for us and they work in the industry and they provide, you know, some story of what, what their everyday life is, you know, in regards to their job. They just didn't realize that's an opportunity that, that they could pursue. Um, anything in regards to, you know, we have a greenhouse on the back of our Potter Ewing facility. You know, our horticulture program has grown tremendously, you know, that's a whole nother industry that's, you know, ag related. So again, hands-on experience in those classrooms and providing that opportunity to our students is part of the education process that we, that we should be doing for our students. Um, along with that, you know, is, is just, I don't know how to say it. I mean, as, as education, 
there's a horizon above and beyond sometimes what's happening in the classroom and sometimes that live experience. And we hope this farm will provide some of those live experiences for these students that may not have that. You know, we were talking off mic a little bit ago that um, it's actually been a number of years since you had a what I refer to as a true capital campaign. That's correct. Uh, and, and the example that, that you mentioned as far as an alternative is the new Olin Howard Innovation Center. Um, there was no capital campaign involved with that. Um, now, granted, you're out beating the bushes uh, for support for those types of things. But, you know, use that one as an example where the funding came from. So, so Olin Howard, let me, let me use the CAT facility as our, or so the Center for Advanced Agriculture and Transportation Center, which we abbreviated as CAT. Um, let me use this as an example instead of Olin Howard. That's fine. So this project is a $20 million project. And we know that we can receive some funding from the state, but not all funding can come from the state, of course. So the college understands that we have a financial commitment. In regards to that financial commitment, we as the foundation will provide financial support. So the project starts off as a wish list from the instructors and our programs and where we want to go. Um, so it becomes a $20 million project. And then they turn to the foundation and they say, okay, we're going to get in a capital campaign. How much time, how, how much money do you want to raise in regards to this project? So 20 million, and I chunk off and say, we'll raise 10. And as this project develops, I'm going to stay firm. We're going to raise 10. But as an example, we were in a capital campaign to raise funds for Olin Howard. But during that time frame, we raised funds for that as the foundation. But we didn't really hit the community because there was so much in regards to the aspect of the manufacturers that we support and provide support for education processes in the workforce field um, for our, their employees that they came back and were able to give us financial support or physical support or machinery support. You know, all of that adds up into dollars for capital campaigns. So I misspoke, you know, in a way uh, you did have tremendous support. I mean, it was a, a huge money raising effort on that and our, our great, manufacturing uh, base uh, really stepped up and, and did that so that you did not have to go to the general public. Right. So really, honestly, in regards to a capital campaign and this new facility will be very similar to that because there's a lot of industry support that will come to support this. So we still have capital campaigns that we talk about community support. We still will be doing that. But in all honesty, we haven't hit a community um, capital campaign the same level in these two new facilities that we're building and, and getting ready to build. Um, now, I will be honest with you, I, we spoke a little bit off mic in regards to this process. So well, we have other projects that are in our future. Um, so one of those projects is a new athletic complex, and that will be a true community support capital campaign because the funding won't be there is very unlikely to find the same type of funding support from private foundations, from the state level, um, brick and mortar for those type of um, facilities just isn't easy to find. Now, how are you defining athletic facility when you say that? 
So what, what our, would it consist of? Our athletic facility at State Fair will consist of a softball field, a baseball field, and track and, and a track um, course. And then we will move our existing soccer field in the middle of the course of the um, track. Okay. So as far as your indoor facility, uh, the home of the basketball roadrunners, I mean, that's... It'll still stay in the multi-purpose center and the Fred Davis multi-purpose center. Um, so the athletic complex is another phase of it. Looks like another annex building that will be another practice um, facility for us that'll be you know under roof. Um, so there's again there's phases to this athletic complex, but our first phase is is softball and baseball fields. Uh, you know an, another project you mentioned to me off mic uh, was a new residence facility. You know typically when you think of community colleges, you think more of it as a commuter That's college. Uh, but of course, we've had some amount of residential facilities for a while, but this is stepping it up. Correct. So we currently have um, a facility that houses, I believe, 108 beds. And what we are proposing to build is a unit that will be a three full, three floor unit, um, hopefully around 200 beds. And that aspect in regards to um, fundraising for us really isn't a fundraising um, facility. It will be more of a um, initiative on the college side because of support for um, the tuition and um uh, I'm, I'm losing my words now, Ron. We've, we've talked long enough, I guess. Um, the support for um, tuition and the housing itself will support that actual function in regards to the facility itself. Um, so it, it, it will be a project that will have some naming options in it. So there will be a little bit of fundraising, but um, that is one project that's not in the horizon as a true fundraiser aspect. Right. All right, so we're just in the process of wrapping it up here, and I'm going to throw a hard question at you. Not really, Great. <laughs> but, uh, you know, as you look back at your tenure as executive director, I mean, it has to have been a very rewarding experience, I would think, uh, just be, because of what you've been involved with, and you can see what has happened. You know, if, if you had to pick one or two things that we're really proud of, what would you say? Well, you are ending it on a hard question. Um, I don't know, to be truthful, if I can say that there's one or two things that I'm really proud of. What I'm proud of is that I'm going to work to do a job every day. And that job is to support a cause that I truly believe in. But that cause is because I believe in the community I live in. Um, so I think there's opportunities for expansion to State Fair, and the foundation office is just a small part of that expansion. So I think we have some incredible employees and um, that support our college in our everyday jobs, and I'm just one of them. Excellent, excellent answer. Hey, thank you for being with us today, Mary. Uh, we, uh, of course, uh, have got a tremendous asset out there uh, State Fair Community College and and uh, and you and all of the other folks that manage that place, of course, have a great deal to, to, to do with that. So we thank you for your efforts every day. Uh, that does it for this week. Uh, we will be back next week with another Let's Talk.